Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Load of Balls. Um, on my lonesome tonight, some guy can't make it, he can't get out of uh, under eight training, so it's uh, me, myself and I. But I'm joined uh, on the call by uh, ex-down midfielder Peter Turley. Peter, thanks very much for jumping on the call tonight. Thanks very much for inviting me, John. It's good to have you. It's your uh, hard man to get hold of these days. Yeah, I've been working quite a bit, so I have been... Uh, There's reports that we're getting uh, 25, 25 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, I think Gracie says that, but no, uh, I have been working sort of a couple of different jobs, so yeah, I keep myself busy now that I'm off the county scene, you know what I mean? <laughs> John Ruffley's still looking for it, apparently, so you know, I'm pleased that you're, you're free tonight now for, for this call. I think it's just important... Uh, Peter, just to get your perspective on things, um, obviously it's it's been a year now since uh, you've, you've left the panel, and um, you know with with Ben Patrick now you're starting to pick up a few points. I thought it was the right time to get you on the show because I didn't want to depress you even more by saying you know you were at the foot of the table and that them didn't look like there was any kind of but um, you see them the corner table. Sorry, what? Uh? I think we're still on the foot of the table, but go on. Put the eye, but there's, you've cut off a, a few teams, so it's not looking yeah. as bleak. No, that's true. We're three teams on six points, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to bring you back right to the start, Peter, with uh, the down. I want to talk about your down career, first of all. Um, and I basically, just a few questions that have been sent in. Uh, obviously, on the Facebook post, that much there wasn't much football really questions really but um, no. from, <laughs> from the few that have been emailed in uh, just the first one uh, uh, your debut season what was the standout moments and when when was your first real season uh, played in the Canada Cup I think in, when was it 2007 was it yeah I mean my debut um uh, and then Patrick in the McKenna Cup in 2007 under Ross Carr but I was went back to university and I didn't make the panel then and um, I, I missed out 2007 so then 2008 was my first full year on the panel and 2008 the standout moment of it was easy and I, I didn't get much game time but the standout moment of it was um, was down beating Tyrone in Newry I think that was the same year that Tron went on to win it. But it was a draw in Oma. Took them back to Newry and beat them after extra time. It was a great game. I sat on the bench and watched it. It was a great game. It was uh, some great performances that day. And uh, that would have been a standout performance or a standout thing from that year was that performance there, that, of that game, even though I wasn't really involved with sitting on the bench. But it was a great day that day. How did you um, find... Going into the county, Peter, was it? Th- uh, there's been six, five or six new debutants this year. Um, yeah. How did you How did you find going into the into that panel? Well, it was very, it was nerve wracking at the start. You know, when you first go in and for like um, the amount, the volume of training you're doing. Back then, we were introduced to weights. And I did a bit of weights before I'd done that, but. Um, Paul Murphy was the strength and conditioning coach that year and there was all sorts of stuff that he introduced before. So it was, you know, the sort of the training itself, you know, the, you're sort of building your body up so it's able to compete at that level. And, um, you know, that was, it was all a learning experience. But I think now, the difference between that then and now, I think a lot of people are doing weights from a lot younger. Like, well, just um, looking at the boys at the minute, there's some of the, even the debuts, the boys that are making their debuts for the down this season. Well, put together that, you know, they haven't been just introduced to weights this season. There's no way. A lot of them have been doing that for years, even though they are young. But it's just, it's the volume of training, the type of training is expected of you is one aspect and the other one is just nerves when you get onto the field you know you're not really used to took me a while to get used to playing in front of a crowd you know that you didn't really the start you were sort of thinking you know everybody's watching you and stuff and you got a bit nervous but once you get settled in a few games on your belt you know you, you seem to just block that out and forget about it and 
realize that mistakes are made and you know you're not going to do a good thing unless you you know try and you know try something different you know if you just hit passenger you know what i mean you're just going to be taken off so you have to try things and some things that don't work that's what you have to do everybody makes a mistake and you just need to realize that and keep going and is there any truth in it that you were told never to kick past the ball or is that just uh, something you picked up through time just to, that you were a better fist passer of the ball no, no, no. I was always just told not to shit. That was coming from my earlier days, making the dead paddock. It was a thing called, just give it to shooters, everybody used to say. So I never did shoot, and it still sticks to me at this time now. It's still very reluctant to shoot. I'm sure everybody knows. Um, so, kick passing them up. Oh, you've worked on it, have you? I have indeed. Um, Peter, see when you're... Um, just whenever you're saying there about nerves and is it the, the volume of training as well that you know the coming into a county panel you know is, the, is it a shock to the body or is it just mainly psychological do you think that you have to overcome well for me and back then I think um, it was a shock to the, the system you know the training but I think now it's different you know under 20s and minor teams a lot of team players are coming through universities and a lot of clubs now have their own gyms and stuff so I think the level that clubs and universities and under 20s and stuff that Conor Diggins is with at the minute you know, I think all them preparations uh, all them sort of training regimes are preparing you well for um, you know kind of decent but whenever I started the then too that you know it wasn't the, the amount of training that you'd done for clubs and stuff wasn't at the level that the county teams were doing it was nowhere near the level but I think everybody now is sort of on the same sort of you know obviously it's not at the same level but it's it's all preparing you well for the county so at the minute I think it is it would be more just psychological I think most of the boys are physically you know it wouldn't take them very long to adopt into the senior football and so you're saying that Preston really didn't uh, set you up well for uh, county football then? No, it definitely didn't. I think my first game back from Preston, I lasted about 10 minutes before I was wanting to get taken off. <laughs> Maybe was... Mark Cunningham's uh, trainings just weren't up to scratch back then, you say? Yeah, that's what it was. And Brian McDevitt's eating habits. He had me eating bad food and stuff, so no. I don't think it was the eating that was the problem. No, I know, I know. But no, it wasn't the same sort of training regime that like Jordan's time would have been doing. No, just put it like that. <laughs> no, I totally understand, yes. Um, and then you had a sort of... So you had the two years then, Peter, <clears throat> uh, with Ross. And then uh, in 2000... In, 10 was it that you stepped away from the panel yes well I uh, so it was in 2008 and then I would have played near, I played um, I played championship football in 2008 in the back door I played uh, came on against I think it was it was Leash came on again I think come on before game before Leash I played against Leash and then I started against Wexford mm-hmm. Croke Park and um, 2009 I played in the league final in the championship but in 2009 January 2009 was the year I got into the fire service and um, it was like a 16 week it started in January and it was like a 16 week training and it was just basically you were told once you get into this job that if you get injured at all during the training and you were just back squad it just means you're yeah. you're taken out and you're put into the squad next time and you'd have no idea when that next training course was coming through so you could have been sitting around for a year so I wasn't allowed to do any contacts or any sort of training at all, really. And for them, 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I did play the league final and I played championship that year. And then um, it was like, it was just whenever I was trying to, once I got out of training school, it's training schools, well, you get the five, you get the six, but then you join your watch. And uh, after that, then it's basically, you do shift pattern, you know, you do shift work and it was just a nightmare whenever I went on the station because you're a new boy in, you didn't want to, a lot of them at that stage weren't, you know, the watch I did, didn't really know too much about Gilly football and stuff, so I didn't really 
you know, the sort of standard that had been playing. And, um, you know, they were a bit reluctant to help, not reluctant to help you, but they didn't really. I was a new person in and I didn't want to, like I was coming in and looking to get Tuesday, Thursdays off, sometimes the whole weekends off. And it was just, you know, it was a nightmare trying to get all that organized back then. And um, start 2009 and then I just realized, I just knew that I wasn't going to, I just, being able to play any sort of country at any level at all was just not going to, wasn't going to be practical. So I didn't play 2010, 2011, and then I got a new watch commander in 2011. It's just like my boss and work. And um, actually it played, um, he played quite a bit of rugby. He played for Ulster and he played for Ireland in uh, rugby. And he couldn't actually get a day off. The fire brigade wouldn't give him the day off to go and represent the rugby. And uh, yeah, eventually he got it off through people covering him, but the, the brigade itself wouldn't help him out. And well, that's what he said. And he got a bit annoyed about the whole thing. And when he joined the watch, he said to me, he was he was a lecturer in Dornstown, so he realized the significance of sort of, you know, county football and stuff. And he said to me, if you ever get a chance again, if you ever get invited back to the panel, he says, you know, take it and I'll help you out as best I can. And I'll, you know, I'll really do most of anything I can do. And that was what happened. I got invited back and Aidan Rock phoned me one time and asked me to go, go back and play. And uh, he did. He helped me out. Every, you know, there was help me out no end. You know, it was any time I wanted off for training or the people to cover for me or anything like that, none of it was ever a problem. And that's how I got back in. You know? So I was... I suppose that... Like and it's just a pity, like, whenever you look at back at 2010, um, you know, for a midfielder that year, especially with Dan doing it, Ambrose getting injured, you know, do, you, do you really feel it was a missed opportunity or have you okay. ever thought? Obviously, yeah, I did thought, think about it. I was um, watching a lot of them games and, you know, you think a lot of players I'd played with in the previous year and stuff. And, you know, yeah, um, I it's hard to really look back. It's your job comes first at the end of the day, and no matter what way I look at it, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do, I wouldn't have been able to commit to that sort of training that year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless you're doing that training, you yeah. know, you're not going to be up to that standard. So, yeah, it was a couple of years too early for me. It, you know, if I had been a couple of years down the line, I could have been, part, well, you know, I might have been part of it, but, you know, it, it's just, Work comes first, and that was it. I just had to take the job, and there was nothing I could do about it. And even looking back on it now, I just, no matter what, I just wouldn't have got. It just wouldn't be practical for me to get the time off to to uh, commit to the training. You know. Uh, you think it was uh, like would it have been a factor that you know uh, you now um, you're. I think you're five, that'd be right. So are you breaking up a bit there, what you say? I said, uh, um, you've, you've stopped playing now. You're 35, or am I being kind to you? Is it 36? I'm 35, yes. Same age as your brother, you should know that. What is it? 35. <laughs> Sorry, Joseph. And um, is it, do you think, like, Missing out on that Crow Park dead final. Of course, that you, you know you, you played for Andy County so long. Sorry, you're breaking up, John. I can't really get didn't get that question. Sorry. Um, you know, missing the, the 2010 final is it a reason why you, you've you've played? You know, you've kept playing so long. Like, there's not too many Inter County footballers that played well, right up until. Yeah, the I think. Um, that was it, really. You know, the two years, like um, my commitment under Ross when the 2008 and 2009 wasn't what it should have been. You know, I uh, didn't commit myself fully to training. You know, I wasn't committing myself fully outside of training. You know, and I just I wasted the opportunity for two years. You know, and. Uh, when I had two years to think about it and I sort of stood back and I seen the boys go to the All-Ireland Final in 2010, you know, 
I just I had a lot of time to think about back then and I remember just saying it was making a you know a conscious decision that if I ever did get a chance to get back you know that it would be no more I wouldn't be doing anything half measured that I'd be going at it and giving it my full commitment and um, I like to think I did that you know I I trained hard I trained I ate well I done everything in the gym yes my running fit being as good as some midfielders but you know I did try hard and I I always sent effort when, when I put the jersey on so yeah that's the two years thinking about it probably was a factor in that yeah and um, what year do you think you hit your peak playing for the county Peter and I um, I know you won the player the supporters player of the year two um, years ago was it well I think I 2017? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you personally, what year do you think, you know, you were, you, you hit your peak? Hard one, I know. Um, yeah, I think one of the best performances I had was against Donegal in, I'm not sure, was it 2012 or 13? I can't really remember, but it was a semi-final. And um, we beat Derry in the first round and we met Donegal and we had a game plan for Donegal. We went sort of, we tried to beat them at their own game and ultra defensive against them. I was doing centre half back that day. And I thought I played very well and I, we got beat. Donegal, I think, registered their first wide after 70 minutes. That was sort of the edge of the, how good they were that day. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that was one of my better performances. But, you know, I think... Maybe because it was, um, I was a bit older when I did first when I did get properly starting again, you know, regularly. That um, I think it was older than probably a lot of other midfielders. But it's hard to know, like mm-hmm. you know, you're sort of sacrificing a younger body, but you know, you're not as mature, maybe. And then older you yeah. a bit more mature but obviously you can't do the running or cover the ground like you would have done in years previous so that's a hard one but I'm not 100% sure I'm sure that a few different people would be able to answer that for you for you better than I I'm not too sure to be <laughs> yeah um, and is there any any time uh, like, uh, that you felt at the top of your powers just maybe that's even a better question that you can maybe answer like you know a particular game or I know you said the Donegal one, but was there a, like a, a sequence of games that you thought, you know, there's no one can touch me in this field and you can do things that maybe that... No, I don't to be honest, I've never felt do. like that. <laughs> uh, I just always just try to stick to the game plan and work hard, but um, well, like that game, the their final was, was that two years ago? Um three years I can remember but it was Ulster final and you know I pulled my hamstring against Glenn before the Armagh game and you know I probably yeah. I wasn't 100% right when I got in that match there's no way but I played very well that I played well that day and, uh, and then I went on okay and that was a sort of when Eamon asked me before the Armagh game and I probably shouldn't have looking back on it now I probably wasn't the right decision to say he asked me was it fit to play against Arma and um, I said yeah it was and I said because I hadn't been training right up to I, I think I kicked the ball for the first time was the Thursday night before the Arma match was the first time I'd actually kicked the ball and I wasn't kicking it very hard because I was just trying to save myself I knew but felt any pain then I wasn't able to do it so that was a risk but at the time I felt you know looking back now it was a risk but at the time I felt that you know you know, I'm definitely ready to do this and even if my hamstring is sore, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give my all, and I'll, I'll do well. Which was the case. I did do well that day. So, you know, I think you sort of going into games, you have a confidence about you. And you know, that year we did. The year previous we didn't, but that year we did. Yeah. Any player that you based your game on growing up, or that you've seen 
uh, even even in your later years that you thought you might learn a thing or two here and, and study the movie a bit more? Well, um, I could just, you know, I sort of was a big admirer of Gerard Dagan's, but obviously my game is nothing like his, you know, but anything that I did try to base my game on with the likes of him and Harry Rice, which is another one, that my, my game wasn't based on how they played it, but, you know, Gerard was a nippy corner forward and, you know, but he, the thing about it is with him, like he went in for every ball, like, like he used to be cringing sometimes and you used to see him go in the speed he used to go in in the 50-50 tackles you know I never really got hurt you know he just used to get hit, he get hit this big, bigger man hit him and put him to the ground but he always bounced back up I was him as high race you know high race play with the heart on his sleeve you know and give it as give us a doll every time and I sort of thought you know growing I was just coming into the Paddock team and them players were playing and I sort of just looked up to them you know my game didn't play, I didn't play anything like they did play, you know, as in the role in the team. Like I was in midfield, I was half back and Gerard was corner forward. But I like to think that I, I sort of played whenever the ball was to be there to be won. I sort of went in the way they would have went in and, you know, never sort of backed out. And that's the sort of way that, you know, I looked up to them boys. That was the sort of players that I did look up to and um, they're great, you know, just a pity they're not... None of them are really involved with Dan Paddock at the minute, you know. And Harry came back for a bit of Harry came back for a bit of training last year. Yes, week, he it? just came back and beat up a few from training injuries <laughs> and then left again. That's what he normally does. <laughs> the, there was a question later on, but I'll ask it now. The since you uh, mentioned uh, Jordan and Harry, there you're the best. Team now you've had a, you haven't had much success with uh, the hoops throughout the years, but um, you know maybe you could quantify it in a, in a different way. But the best team that you've played on, Peter, the the Dan Patrick team. You know which one did you enjoy playing on the most? Um, well, probably back in the earlier years. You know, or my well, my first. I mean. My, my first full season with Paddock, I came midway through one season, and the first full season with Paddock, I think it was 2001. Um, I think it was the year we were unbeaten at home, I thought, that year. You know, I thought we had a we had a really, really strong team. We were sort of, um, back then, Gillick was a bit different. We were, we had big, strong players all around the pitch. You know, we had corner forwards, speed in the right areas, size and strength in the right areas you know we had we were a mature team apart from myself and a few others but for the most part there were a lot of mature heads on it and I thought that year we had a really great team now we just came up short against a a, a really good Mayo Bridge team I think that was the start of their dominance then that year they beat us but like it shows you like the team we had back then was like the two Dagenses Carl Oaks um, you know, in our forward line, and not one of them scored that day. I think the only only two people who scored in our team was Kyron Smith, who was doing midfield, and Richard Starkey of all people was in the half back line. You know, but that sort of says a lot about everybody would have said about how good Mayor Bridge were going forward. But you know, that said a lot about their defence then. So it's just unfortunate that you know we just happen to come up against a better team. But I think that year we were really strong. You know, and after that, mm-hmm. we went downhill sort of pretty rapidly and back into Division 3 or into Division 2. And it was a rebuilding process because, as I said, a lot of them were sort of, I say mature, but, you know, they were on, coming, getting on in eight years. And um, it was a transitional period there for a while, you know, and it was hard then years and until the likes of and Damien and Jerry Collins and Sean Bell sort of came through and James Deeney, them sort of boys, there was a guard trainer there, there was a um, generation came through and sort of helped, you know, we stabilised them, Patrick, and sort of help us push on. So it did. Yeah, because there was seemed to be a bit of a gap between <clears throat> the the nineties team and the two thousand team, isn't it? Would you say that the boys you know, were trying their best to, to carry it, and 
you know, there was no new blood really coming through. Like how many minors from your year was were playing? No, well, that was it. Like, was, I was only very few. We got to the minor final in my year, and there was very few. Like, well, actually, none played consistently after that. But um, I, I just the paddock back then from the early nineties because they were a very strong team that had a lot of players come through at the same time, and I think maybe they're a bit of a victim of their own success because they had a young a young group of players and they are all sort of had their own position on the team and a lot of the young players coming through just probably couldn't break out onto the team and if you can't break onto the team mm-hmm. you know a lot of the players have other options like soccer and stuff you know and I think that's what happened just a lot of them couldn't break onto the first team and didn't you know hang around and then that's what happened whenever they were coming to the end of their years. There was a big gap, you know. There was like myself, Carl Oakes, Barry Gracie, Kevin Gracie, but that was Kevin came on after me, you know, mm. and Peter Telford came in after me. So, like, when I first played, it was that's who it was, it was Carl Oakes and Barry Gracie, it was the only ones really anywhere near me, and they're quite a bit older than me, a few years older, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And just talking about talking about rebuilding jobs Peter I know you you hadn't um, been to many down games um, since your retirement I just want to know I'm sure everyone else does uh, how has retirement as a set as a sat well with you that you know you you weren't part of the the panel this year um, and do you think you could still contribute to the down cause well um, when I finished last season, um, I was in two minds whether I would, I would go back. You know, one, the, the commitment's huge. Two, um, 35, there's not too many players still playing. And I wasn't too sure if I could do it, you know. And it took a few months and sort of try to think it over. And then when I, I spoke to Patty and um, I was brought in for a couple of trial days and then to be honest, I wouldn't have went back unless I thought I could offer something. And I still think maybe hindsight I probably could have offered something, but I have no problem with what why uh, with Polly or Paddy's decision because at the end of the day, you know, if I had been there this season, it would have been my last and I'd have been kicking a jersey if if not starting maybe a sub jersey of somebody one of the younger boys, you know, who would have been missing out in this year's development. So Look, I understand exactly why we. I spoke to Pat. I said to him, "Look, I, um, if he wanted to go with the youth and go with the younger boys, you know, I have no problem with that. If he wanted me to come in, I would have come in and tried to play a role in some part. But he just said no that he wanted to go with the younger boys and he was going to stick with that. I respected that decision, you know. It's, it's, it's." Um, and how how was it, how was it watching your first, um, first nine game this year? Yeah, I, I was because I wasn't on the panel. I decided to get a few weekends away and stuff way back in the National League, and then I was working quite a few of the games too. And I never got to any of the National League games, and then I didn't get to the RMI game because I was working. So this game was the first match I'd been to this year, and uh, look, it's great to see the boys winning. You know. Some of them, like Kevin McCarran, Connor McGinn, you know, Connor Harrison and stuff. Some of them boys, you know, it's great to see, you know, them. Danny McCardle playing away yet still. And it's great to see them still, you know, it's great to see them winning. It's just a bit, you know, it's like there's quite loads in there, Donald Hare and all them. But I mean, it's just, when I was just watching it, you know, it's just, um, it's just a bit frustrating to watch, you know, like said Donald O'Hare and Connor Harrison. Dropping back on their own twenty-one and forty-five, but that's the system they play, you know. And I think for them to beat Mayo, I think that's the system that they're going to have to play. So I think maybe it wasn't easy on the eye against Tipperary, and um, I know the Armagh game was very exciting, but uh, you know, it's the tactic itself. It's not. I wouldn't have been a fan of it myself, but. You know, if it wins games, and I think that's the that's the way that they will beat Mayo. So, you know, it's if they've been practicing it for that long, hopefully it'll work. 
And did anyone impress you, um, Peter, that you, that you hadn't seen, you know, previously? I know there's like um, there's new people on the panel. Well, did anyone catch um, right? I thought Corey Quinn was brilliant when he went on. I think um, we should take some praise for that because he scored two, he scored two eleven against us, <laughs> and you know, obviously now it's come. So you can thank that for that. I did think. I think um, I thought Pat Haverham played Burning too. You know, took, took some nice scores, mm-hmm. but they all done well. You know, it took them a while to get in, and I thought once I knew once it got ahead that they weren't going to look back. But you know, I thought everybody played their part. You know, it was great to see. It's it's a good team team effort. So it was. And um, you've already said about about the Mayo match. Um, are you working that that weekend? Or are you going to try and get it? I'm going to that match. The, yes, I'm going to go to that game. Good to see. Uh, <clears throat> now Mayo like to play um, total press football and and they go man for man. Uh, Down obviously aren't doing that this year. So do you think that this is the only way to beat them, or? Uh, do you think Paddy will have anything else up the sleeve? No, I think. Much? Um, I think that is the way to beat them. I think, you know, if they're put under pressure, especially when they're shooting, I think they will be a bit vulnerable. Don't get me wrong; they're a great team, and it's going to be a massive game for Down. But the way I know the way that the Down boys will be thinking, and I'm sure, likes of all the older heads on the team, will be saying the exact same thing. You know, if they beat Mayo now next week. The whole thing about getting out of Division 3 and Armagh beating them and stuff is all completely forgotten about. You know, it'll be a massive buzz in the county yeah. and yeah. it'll be a brilliant lift for everybody. And, you know, they are capable of doing it. I think Mayor were vulnerable enough in the earlier rounds. It was not that long ago, I think, uh, when they played Derry. And one of the... Yeah, and they yeah. could have lost yeah. it. But um, I do think Mayor, Mayor will be vulnerable enough and it's... You know, they have nothing to lose. Like everybody outside of Down will be thinking Mayo win. Even that, and that's the way they'll be thinking if they win this. It's everything else is forgotten about throughout the year, and that's the way they have to go out and just give it their all. I think going toe to toe with them mightn't be the the best option. I think the way Paddy has them set up now is probably their best option to play Mayo. And thankfully, they've been working on it. I think this is the best team they could have got. I think this is a draw. You know. They've been happy with if they had a one out played against so called mm-hmm. weaker team, then that tactic, you know, I don't think that's what I think. I don't think dropping everybody back against the weaker teams really worked because they weren't really committing men forward. So it was like once they got in front, they weren't committing anybody forward and down, we're sort of dropping people back. And then temporary would just seem to be it was just that way that they were getting the ball into their forward line and they were winning threes. I think that's how they were playing in front of me more, was their freeze. They were winning freeze. Now, there was a lot of them on the other end, and it would, but they did look soft from where I was sitting, some of the free kicks. That's how Tipperary sort of yeah. kept their noses in front. And um, it wasn't really until when I think Down sort of pressed higher up the pitch. I think they scored two or three points in a row from turning Tipperary over. And I think, apart from the goal, obviously, I think that was a turning point in the game. You know, but I think, uh, yeah, the, the way the system they're playing is probably their best way to beat Mayo, I think. Um, have you ever come up against Aidan O'Shea? Yeah, I did. We played against him in our last game in Division 1. Um, we were already relegated, but we played against Mayo down in Castlebar, and it was, if Mayo had a drew, I think that what it was, Mayo had a draw, Drew, they were, I think they were along with us. So we had nothing to play for, they did. But sometimes when you have nothing to play for, sort of shackles are let loose and you just go out and play. And we did, we put in a really good performance that day. And we were lucky enough, unlucky not to get something from the game. But yeah, I came up against them that day. So we did. First um, points for Down. Yeah. How, how good is he? Oh, he's, he's he's very good. He's a he's a hard man to stop once he gets the ball, and he's 
when he gets running at you, I think the, the way we dealt with him was just foul him outside the score now. And I think that's what probably be right. targeting yeah. it as well because Mayo sort of subject the free kicks are not really. So if you were to give him a few tough free kicks, you know, out around the, that area, just foul him, you know what I mean? After not. Yeah. Well, we've seen this year. Yeah, we've seen this year with Mayo with the especially um, the the high pressure kicks. You know, the were they were wanting as uh, Kevin McLaughlin you know missed that one to yeah to bring it to a draw. So you know that wouldn't be a bad tactic actually to you know to, to get their yeah well, cycle I, fouling right I'm sure that's, right the field then. I'm sure the boys will all be knowing that and they'll they'll know exactly where. You know, if he does get a run on you, just to try to stop him there without getting the yellow or black card, obviously, but just try to slow them down and stop them there and make them shoot from distance, you know, which is enough tactic for me, I'd say. Yeah. No, so we're, we're just, uh, as you say, best game that, to get uh, the pressure certainly off down. And, you know, I, I can honestly say it'll be a full house and the place will be rocking. So we, We'll definitely be uh, praying for it for a down win, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. That's, that's the truth. Peter, just you know, just a um, couple of last questions here. Um, have you any advice for any aspiring midfielders? Um, say that's. 18-19 breaking on the senior team what what would be the sort of the golden nuggets to give them well um, I would say you know playing under pressure was a big thing when you start off but I think that's to do with your personality too I think some people play better straight away there's some young boys come in and don't see, feel pressure so that there's something that maybe you could work on. There's mm-hmm. you know, there is sports psychologists and stuff involved with the down teams now. And if you feel that you are feeling the pressure, don't speak to them. You know, that's a good way. But not even, not even down teams, Peter. Even even young fellas coming on that were you know that are maybe starting for their club now in midfield. Yeah, well, I would say play to your strengths and analyze your opponent. You know, if you're if the if the player you come up against, you know, is bigger and stronger, but maybe not as fit as you, you know, play the game, run them around the pitch, you know, tire out the legs. Don't be giving any people any sort of ideas about how to play against myself. But you know, I was going to say whenever no, I <laughs> you never done that. You was going chasing around after them, but yeah, like, Even when I would also like um. I think feeling the ball is it's a skill now. It's not really it's sort of coming out of the game a wee bit more because it's keepers are trying to pass the ball, you know, chest height to midfielders into space, which is a great way to do it. And it is, but um, you know, learn how to catch feel the ball properly and not always going, you know, there's different ways of winning, you know, feeling in the ball. It's not just running and jumping at a decided point, although that's the one that looks the best. No, but using your body a bit more, I think. Yeah. A lot of I've noticed whenever I've been playing through the years now, a lot of the midfielders that I've come up against don't really do that, you know, as well. A lot of them do just try to run and jump and catch the ball as high as you can instead of using their body a bit better and, you know, getting in the way of other players and stuff like that. You know, so it's a bit of how is sort of any advice that we give that, you know, just practice that, practice your kicking. Most midfielders now... Although I was never good at it, but shooting, you know, a lot of players now, um, you know, if you're not scoring from as a midfielder, you know, it's not really doing your job as such, you know. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Jarthog coming through, Peter, and uh, that's even from the, even from the, the throw-in, he's looking to get the 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 ball at the heads point, and I've seen um, your man Manton from Mead coming up with two goals from from midfield now because you are arriving so late and yes yeah. third man running you know maybe that is a, a a big thing for yeah yeah people to work on uh you know he is a mountain for me to play against him a few times he's a real good player and he's you know he's smart as well and 
Yeah, you know, like taking the scores, like I actually do think that there now midfielders, you know, if you've got a midfielder scoring two or three points, you know, it's hard to look past them. And I think if they're sort of working on that mm-hmm. as well as that's the thing as midfielders, you're expected to do everything. You're expected to be in the half back lane, tackling, you're expected to be in the half forward lane, helping out and scoring points as well. So a lot of it is to do with fitness. It's just something, you know, that everybody needs to you definitely do need to work on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And do you do you find that the role like the likes of Brian Fenton has changed the midfielder's role? Now usually it was as you said, you used to have a, a boy that ran that stayed on the on fifty to fifty and you had one boy who was a runner. But uh, do you think now that the, the likes of Jarlatho coming through um and Fenton seems to have, have changed midfielder's role for, for the better? Yeah, it's definitely changed. You know, I'm not, you wouldn't just say it's because of the midfielders. A lot of us down the, you know, likes to pluck some of his kickouts and stuff. You know, if he got a keeper that can pick a pass out like the way, well, he started, but a lot of the keepers are doing it now. You know, it helps out with that. Back whenever we started, mm-hmm. and you know, the kickouts didn't go from where they are now. You know, if it went wide, it went from like what is it, six yard box? You know, yeah, yeah. square. You know, at the edge of it. So. If you're on one side, you're trying to kick a ball out. There's only one place, really. There's not too many places you can put it. You're not, you haven't got the hole open up of the pitch that you, you do now for every kickout. So, yeah, rules uh-huh. changing, and, and it's been a lot of different things changing. But, you know, it might go back. The game's always developing. You know, this is the way it is now. Ten years down the line, it might be different. It might go back the way it was. It might be something else. You know, it's just... That's just the way... The game is everything's evolving, you know, and that was the rule change. Partly the keepers, partly because the the, the midfielders are now, you know, more athletic and sort of for speed instead of just size and being able to catch the ball out in the middle. That's so yeah, it definitely has changed, probably for the. And what just while we're just while we're talking about uh, the change in, I'm sure, like it's it's changed from whenever you you first played in. Uh, 2001 to, to now, nearly 20 years. Um, where do you think the game's going to evolve now in, in, in the coming years? We've seen the blanket defence coming in. Teams are starting to move away from it. Yeah. Can you see any any more changes? Um, it's hard to know. Well, I mean, the blanket defence isn't really about now in, uh, in club football as much as it was in county. You know, it's still... You know, a lot of teams aren't, and very few teams are doing it at the minute. I think the game is just, it's always evolving. Like, it went away, you know, county teams for a while there when Armagh started, you know, getting success. They were all big in the weights and they were all big, strong men. You know, and they were all, you know, the weights was the way to go. Everybody was trying to be as big, as strong as possible. And then the sort of away from that now, and it's basically it's all about speed and power. You know, it's just... It really is just whatever team sort of wins the All Ireland. That's whatever way the game's going to go. Like whenever Donegal won, then the sort of the, the defensive system, every team try to follow it. And now Dublin are doing it. Jason Parr, other teams are trying to do it. You know, it's just the way the game is, and I think it's always just going to be evolving. You just you have no idea where it's going, but it's a great game, and it's it's exciting the way it does evolve. Like that. you know, if you were watching the same thing. And over and over, you know, it wouldn't be much fun, really. Um, and just, um, Peter, we'll just finish off with, uh, as I said, a couple of wins now yep. for the hoops. Um, I was watching this against Bransford and I was cursing my luck. All day, whenever I seen Damien Turley run up and down the pitch, uh, and he's he's been phenomenal since he's come back. And I really would say, if don't get past me, old Paddy Talley should be on the phone to Damien because he was a standout performer. No disrespect to yourself, he's he's thrown you out of midfield now, and um, he was he was he was very very good now against against. Yeah, Bradford. he's been brilliant since he's come home, and it's been a big. Uh, Plus for us, you know, we really needed them actually. When he did come home, he couldn't have come home, you know, at a better time. We were 
we were struggling. And I think, well, you know, if he doesn't get called in, it's a bit late in the year that now to be called in. But I think if he does hang around, you know, he, I would expect him to be called up maybe next year because he's a sort of player Paddy would, you know, would really go for. You know, he's fit, he's, he's strong, he's fast. You know, he's got all the attributes. He just needs a wee bit of guidance on how to play the game and play because he's never really been out around the middle. And, you know, he's always sort of been on the full back line or half back line. And, you know, he's still learning, you know, and it'd be great if I think he would learn a lot to be back on the panel. You know, it'd be a big boost for Down and a big boost for Down Patrick too. Uh, and with your, you had a unfamiliar role uh, against Bransford, you were uh, yes, in the Burn um, Square. I was playing full forward. I don't know how long that will continue, <laughs> but I went off against um, more in point and I was carrying a bit of an injury, so I was put in the full forward, you know, to sort of save him a bit. So, but, you know, as I said, there are Damien's playing Brendan midfield, Johnny Bell. Midfield. So, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to get back into that position and that's that's what happens when you get a bit older, you know. It's it's good, it's great to see there's a bit of competition now, you know. Yeah. So, we'll just hopefully... But it's also a great option. Yeah, that's, you know, they can bring you out then around the middle as well and have like two runners around you, which is, I suppose, ideal for you. Yeah, right, that's, at this stage well, look, I'm going to put it all into perspective. Like, Bransford were missing a whole lot of players, you know. Like, they were very, very weakened. So we'll not be getting carried away in any way because, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I've never seen Bransford as weak. You know, they were just missing players and that's nothing on the club at all. You know, they're just missing you know, all the regular faces that you've sort of seen throughout the years, they're all their top yeah. end, you know, not, we're, well, not, not, I don't say none of them, you know, there's a few of them there, but the majority of them weren't there, you know, and, yeah, uh, by, yeah, I think we're missing seven or eight, uh, first team regulars, and I know that the word yeah. estimated by injuries and that, but, at the same time, um, I was, I've seen them Patrick now, a few times, and, um, if they can keep, you know, that sort of core main players there, I know it was start game, so uh, Conor McGrady and, and Jerry Collins weren't playing, but on paper, Dan Patrick, you know, they are a very, very dangerous team, and I have no doubt that they'll get themselves out of the trouble if they can keep everybody. Yeah, out. well, I mean, we haven't played with a full strength team yet. We've always been missing quite a few, and the likes of we Tim, who he's come in this year. Or no, sorry, came in last year. He's he was brilliant, so highly high, high, rate him very, very highly. But he's committed to the hurling at the minute, you know. And um, just, you can't knock him, you know. He's playing for down and fair played him in the big game coming up. But and I wish him all the best for that. But you know, yes, if that's the thing, if we we get ourselves out of the bottom spot, that's the aim, you know. And then you just work towards a playoff if you're at that position. But yeah, if we get everybody back and we get everybody playing, but at the same time, you know, we're missing lots of players through, you know, with training and it's hard to sort of build on any sort of system whenever you're, as you know yourself from last year, Nick, we were always missing players and with a training and it's hard to, you know, do you work on a system and stuff like that whenever you're short numbers and, you know, training, training whenever the numbers are, are low is never as much, it's not as easy or as much fun. As whether their numbers are good, you know. Yeah. But uh, we have it. Don't get me wrong. I I know mm-hmm. we have a, a good team and plenty of options around certain areas, and you know we we'll just we we'll just keep working on it anyway. Yeah, and it is the halfway point for yourselves, Peter. I know you've played nine games, but you've only got yeah. nine yeah, left. That's... Would that be right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. So you're. You... You know, it's, the picture's looking a lot better, though. Than it it was is, like, whenever we're sitting on two points and we're seeing the likes of um, the teams above us just sort of uh, pulling away from us. You know, we did realise if we didn't start winning, you know, nobody was panicking, but if we didn't start winning soon, um, it was going to be too little, too late, you know, even if we did get everybody back. So at least when we won two games in, on the bounce, mm-hmm. beating Warren Point and beating Bransford, um, with a massive game coming up against Kilku next so, you know, yeah. they'll be very difficult to beat. But, you know, if we go up and put a performance, I don't know. 
you know, I don't know what way they'll be with players missing and stuff, but um, if we've got a bit of performance in, you know, you never know what'll happen. And we just, we're just putting the head down and keep working away and just trying to get out of that bottom spot. That's the aim at the minute, you know. Um, just on the, I suppose, um, we'll finish off there by saying the great work that uh, Burgers and Kevin Gracie are doing for the public uh, seconds there. So, um, you know, they're two aspiring managers. Do you think, do you see a future for them, boys? Definitely. Yep, on the definitely. big stage. Marty Merley said he was brought in last year for one reason, that was uh, to retire Rand Slavin. And he did that there actually after a few games. <laughs> but he's brought him back now out of retirement and they're they're getting on well. And they're I don't know, they're get their there seems to be going well and Kevin and Kevin are loving it. So you never know, you could see them boys taking over the senior job in a few years yet. You see that's that's good man management, so it is. From from where yeah, they are, you know, he just um, yeah, he back. sort of taught him a lesson, dropped him, got rid of him for a season, and and opened the door again for him. <laughs> uh, Peter, um, thanks very much for uh, jumping on the call. As I say, there's no league fixtures this week because of the under twenties and in the league final. We wish them all the best there, um, under the leadership of Conor Dagan. So all the best, boys, for for yeah. Saturday. I think it is. And um, obviously, then the next round of fixtures will be uh, Friday week. Um, so we're missing out the sort of derby games, but um, and then we've got the 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 Mayo match. So um, just thanks very much, Peter. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you on again uh, whenever down or in the All Ireland semi finals or anything like that. There, yeah. Give us your thoughts. Uh, all the best for this weekend. Um, hope you get out of trouble and you know, push up the league. Um, and I hope it's a good match. Thanks very much, John. All right, Bye-bye. Peter. Thank you. Bye bye. That was ex down midfielder Peter Turley uh, on this week's Load of Balls podcast, folks. If you would. Uh, like to send us in your comments, questions, anything like that, make sure you email us on loadedball01 at gmail.com or get on touch with us through Facebook. We have a new Facebook page, uh, Loaded Balls Podcast Show. As I say, thanks for all the comments so far, the, all the interactions. Um, it's great to hear from you. And if you have any other suggestions of any guests or, or what you'd like to see on the show, uh, get in touch. Um, thank you. Hopefully we'll have uh, another uh, top guest next week and I look forward to hearing from you then thank you